First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. You know I love talking about like the, the contract stuff and thinking about things from a general manager perspective uh, in sports. And Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and Dalvin Cook. It's all interesting to me what happened with the running back position this offseason. Miles Sanders got the biggest multi-year contract of any running back. David Montgomery got the second biggest. Tony Pollard joined Jacobs and Saquon as running backs off huge years who had to settle for the franchise tag. The Vikings couldn't trade Dalvin Cook for a conditional seventh-round draft pick. They had to outright release him. We could talk about any of those things individually that you want to, but as a whole, what do you think what's happened with the NFL running with the NFL running back market this offseason? What do you make of it? I think these front offices are pretty much uh they've gotten smarter, I think is what what's happened. I mean, uh look at the teams that have won Super Bowls and then look at what they were doing at running back uh for those championship runs. 40% of the last five Super Bowl champions have had Sony Michelle as their leading rusher. He was the leading rusher for the Patriots in 2018. And then he was the leading rusher in the regular season for the Rams two years ago. Now he was a first round pick, but he's considered just a pedestrian running back. Uh, Damian Williams in Kansas city, Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas city. Ronald Jones in Tampa, Leonard Fournette after he got cut in Jacksonville. No team is investing big in a running back or trading for a running back and getting rewarded for it. It's just not happening. So why would any team do it? I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, signing Delvin Cook isn't a prudent move if it's for five or $6 million a year, and that's all the guaranteed money that's in there. But, you know, I think that's why the James, that's why the Bijan Robinson pick and what Detroit did with its first, first round pick are still mind boggling decisions in the big picture. Why did they invest such early picks in running backs when we see what's happening to the running back position this off season? So I think there's a little bit more nuance to it than that. Because a rookie contract is still cheaper than if Saquon Barkley wanted $14 million per year and you're paying for the youth of the rookie contract when in theory there's less mileage on the tires and they are more likely to stay healthy. So I don't think that drafting a stud running back especially at the very end of the first round where you can use the fifth year option on him if you want him to, that's fine. Now Gibbs at 12 or Bijan Robinson at eight, when there are premium positions that you could get, I'm, I'm with you, but I, I think the currency of running backs now is young and cheap. So if you can get a young, cheap, good running back, somewhere between the 22nd and 32nd pick in the first round and have the fifth year of control on him. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. But the other part of it that is interesting to me, like you said, no one is reaping the benefit of it. Like Mina Kimes just had this stat today. The Niners offense 
before Christian McCaffrey. 21st in DVOA, 19th in expected yards per play, 10th in uh, yards per attempt, 26th in QBR. After Christian McCaffrey, 1st in DVOA, 1st in expected yards per play, 2nd in QBR, 2nd in yards per attempt. They made the NFC Championship game. Miles Sanders had a monster year. They made the Super Bowl. He got a he got the biggest contract, like I said, in the offseason. They happened to lose the Super Bowl. The Niners happened to lose the NFC Championship game. But it's not like teams didn't go far that had running backs having massive seasons. And I think we both agree, no matter what you think of the Raiders or the Giants or the Cowboys even, but if Saquon Barkley doesn't sign the franchise tag and sat out the year, the Giants would be worse, just like the Raiders would be worse. So, like, they make an impact, but you don't want to commit long-term dollars to them. It's a it's a weird – like, Christian McCaffrey's everything that the Niners wanted when they paid for him and traded for him and more in terms of an impact on their team. But you could say that's few and far between, but I think that the disconnect is these guys do make a huge impact – on an individual game or an individual season, but because of the rate of injury and how much turnover there is at the position, you just can't invest long-term dollars in it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, that's why I don't think the Niners have won that trade yet. I mean, it looked smart for the second half of the season, but McCaffrey has a long injury history. And we've seen them get to, we've seen them have explosive offenses and big rushing uh, attacks with guys like Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson in their backfield. So, yeah, I mean, it did make them in the second half of the year uh, a team that was almost unstoppable. But they didn't win a Super Bowl with it, so it hasn't worked yet. Uh, Also, to your point about young and cheap, I don't think it has to be young. I just think it has to be, for the most part, cheap. I think the team that signs Delvin Cook and now doesn't take the big contract and goes year to year with the guy, that will be a very shrewd move by whatever team does that. I have no problem with, with signing a running back. I actually think, I actually think there's a chance right now that the team that gets Ezekiel Elliott might end up getting a bargain on a one-year deal. The reason why I don't like the first-round pick, whether it's the top 10 or the 31st pick, is that why would you limit your first round pick to one contract? I don't want somebody I take in the first round to be a guy that I'm done with, best case scenario, after five years. Your first round pick is supposed to be, in my opinion, every time a second contract player. And you know when you draft the running back in the first round, even if he's great, you have to avoid the temptation of doing that, Danny. That's right. I think that it's it's circumstantial, right? Like if you think you're a playmaker away and you're a good team and you're drafting in the bottom third of the first round, you're making a play on we're adding an offensive player who can make an impact as a rookie in a championship window. 
Like it's a particular set of circumstances that like the Chiefs drafting Clyde Edwards Alaire. I didn't hate the logic of that pick at all. Now it didn't work out. So it's a it's a bad pick. But uh I think Sony Michelle, wasn't he the end of the first round for yeah, the Yeah, he Patriots? was, but my but my point was the Rams got the same thing out of him that the team that drafted him in the first round did, and they gave up a late round pick for him. And that was it. And then he led them in rushing the same way he led New England. And it was two years later. The guy was off New England's roster before his first contract was even over. Okay, but so, but so, like, are there extremes here? Like, Saquon Barkley being draft, drafted in the top five, crazy. But you're saying that you would not have taken Saquon Barkley if you had the 25th pick in the draft and you were a playoff team? No, I don't think I would have. See, I think that at some point, a guy with that level of talent, like they do make a huge impact. And man, you can draft tackles and cornerbacks and nose tackles and receivers who are busts. Like there's no, people act like there's no, like, well, I didn't draft this guy who could get hurt. So I'm drafting this guy as if there's no risk in the other positions. There's risk everywhere in football. Yeah, but you just said it. If they, if you draft Saquon Barkley 25th overall and you're running back away, you think that when you draft him. But you're saying he's got a five-year window with our team, max. That's it. That's all. I think I can find a guy. In, in, by the way, first-round running backs have, have bust potential too, just like the other positions. The sure. attrition rate is the highest. The injury rate is the highest. The career longevity is the lowest. So... I mean, how many good years that has Saquon Barkley had as an NFL running back? Two? His yeah. first year in the okay. So if that's your first round pick at 25, is that a good pick? Depends no. who else is on the board. If you only get two good years out of your first round pick and then he's gone, that's not a good pick, in my opinion. I- I I understand that, but two of those years could be great years. And with the new rookie, with the rookie wage cut, it's not new anymore. It's just, it's not that much money. It's like a rookie, a rookie with the 25th pick in the draft. What's he making this year? Four million bucks. That's less than Miles Sanders. So you could look at it based on the draft pick or it's a salary cap sport, just based on the money invested. That's less than David Montgomery. So if you got... 1,500 yards of offense from a guy making $4 million, that's good return on investment in terms of money spent. You could say you could get a better premium position with the draft pick allocation, but like it's not a lot. Why the Saquon thing was crazy was because there were premium positions on the board and you're paying a lot of money for the rookie. Like it It was inefficient both in terms of the draft pick and the money. I think if you do it at 25, you could say it's inefficient at the draft pick, but I think it's actually pretty efficient. I just moment. don't know of like you're saying like you're saying all this, but w- what is the example of a team that took the running back in the first round and said we'll pass on a position player and it ended up working for them? The 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 uh, the the Patriots could have taken Lamar Jackson with that Sony Michelle pick. That would have been a better pick. That I mean, like. And they scouted him, and they were interested in him. I mean, that yeah, no, that would have been a better pick. I'm with you. I'm so, just saying. What, what, so, but what do you do with like if the if the Raiders just if Josh Jacobs sits the year, his replacement is eighty percent of him, ninety percent of him. 
What do you like? What do you think it is? Because they're these guys are great football players. Well, there is there is a drop off. Sure, but it, I mean, in Jacob's case, I did not look at him as that type of running back until last year. But so, he was amazing last year. Exactly. No, I know he was. He was the leading rusher in the NFL. But the year, the two years before that, he had a thousand yards. But I thought he was just a guy that did it on volume, and I didn't look at him as a transcendent level running back like he was last year. Yeah, it would be a loss for the Raiders. But the thing that's good about that position is you think a guy's a loss and then you end up playing somebody who was undrafted or a late round pick and they end up being good. Maybe not as good, but there's not this gigantic drop-off. Like the days of Emmett Smith holding out and the Cowboys starting the season with a losing record and be like, holy shit, we need to sign this guy or our whole season. That's over. That's over, exactly. And and, and I think... I. Maybe even more so than that. Like, I know Saquon's pushed back a little bit on the narrative of, like, and, they're going to re- reset the running back market. And, I think that's over. And I, I would I, say I, and I would say this back to Mina Kimes and her tweet about the Niners. Okay, now do Carolina. Do Carolina's offensive DVOA with McCaffrey in the lineup and then without. Look at how they ran, look at how they ran the ball. Look at the game they played against Detroit in December that ultimately probably ended up keeping the Lions out of the playoffs. I think they rushed for like 300 yards in that game. Their offense actually from a points per game and yardage standpoint was better without McCaffrey in last well, year. I mean, yeah, that, 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 that is an excellent counterpoint. But clearly Shanahan knew what he was getting and was able to maximize the talent. And he made their offense awesome with Brock Purdy and Jimmy G because I mean, those, those games were split. He didn't, he didn't just, you know, so he didn't just play with one quarterback or the other. Um, it's a, I think the days of the big multi-year second contract for the running back are over. That's my ultimate takeaway is that the guys who are studs, they might get franchise tagged, but they aren't going to get five-year, $65 million, 35 guaranteed contracts. That thing's – if dude, Dalvin Cook is 27 years old, and he's coming off a 1,100-yard season, and they couldn't get a draft pick for him? I know. Like, th- that, I, that actually did surprise me, that – that there was that, that it wasn't Dalvin Cook for a fifth round pick. That it was all right. You're gone for nothing. So that that to me is what I think is changing. I, I don't think you're going to not see running backs taken in the first round, or that there won't be you know relatively reasonable contracts for the second tier dudes like Sanders and Montgomery. But I think eight figure annual contracts. I don't think that's happening at that position anymore. 